Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. We are going to talk about climate change, and uh, uh, there is, well, it's, it's not clear whether President Trump is going to pull out of the Paris Climate Accord, but if he does, one reason may be a ship in a Supreme Court case known by the name of Char- the Charming Betsy. The Charming Betsy was a schooner at the center of an 1804 ruling that is still reverberating. The, the Charming Betsy Doctrine, as it is known, is, was, has established that federal laws should be interpreted, if possible, so that they don't conflict with international law. So what does the Charming Betsy have to do with climate change? Well, with me to talk about that in the Bloomberg 99.1 studio is Jennifer Deloey. She's Bloomberg News' energy and environmental policy reporter. Jennifer, thank you for joining us. Uh, tell us uh, briefly about the Charming Betsy and, and how it ended up uh, at the middle of a case before the Supreme Court. Right. So this was a, a trading vessel that actually sailed from Baltimore uh, down to the Caribbean to St. Thomas, uh, where it was sold to a former U.S. citizen uh, turned Dane who had pledged uh, allegiance uh, to Denmark. And uh, after the vessel was captured by a French privateer, it was actually seized uh, under uh, instructions from the U.S. president uh, because of a perceived violation of a trade law that at the time barred commercial dealings between the U.S. and France. Um, when it made its way to the high court, uh, the the Supreme Court essentially concluded that the trade restrictions did not apply to this vessel um, and specifically to the to its Danish captain because that would run afoul of international norms that say if your uh, countries that are not part of a conflict should not be um, involved in them and, and that is true for their citizens too uh, and the famous language that he used he basically said an act of Congress ought never to be construed to violate the law of nations if any other possible construction remains and and as you noted that that's reverberating 200 years later. Yeah, so take us through, Jennifer, how it is that at least some in the White House think that this is an issue in regard to the Paris Accords. Right. The concern is that uh, the the Paris Agreement uh, inked in in, uh, 2015, in which everyone agreed to, and which nearly 200 countries agreed to, uh, slash their greenhouse gas emissions. The concern is that that agreement uh, could could have the weight of of international law, uh, that it could be perceived as binding on U.S. efforts uh, in the environmental arena, and uh, that environmentalists who are seeking to challenge President Trump's efforts to roll back climate policies, like the Clean Power Plan, that they could use this as ammunition to say, look, we, the U.S., agreed to cut our carbon dioxide emissions. We made this commitment as part of the Paris Agreement, and therefore we cannot back away from our domestic policies that would help us meet those goals. So I've learned from from your story that it's by no means a consensus that it really would provide much in the way of ammunition for those environmental groups. Give us the argument for why it might not make any difference. There are a number of uh, climate Negotiators and, and environmentalists who say actually it doesn't uh, it doesn't provide that kind of ammunition and their argument centers around the notion that this is indeed just an agreement uh, it is not a self-executing uh, international 
uh, accord. It is not an international law. Um, so therefore, it would not have that kind of force uh, domestically. I mean, that's really the, the thrust of it. Uh, you're also hearing, you know, basically what we're hearing from some uh, administration lawyers, however, is that there is a non-zero legal risk that this could come up, that it could manifest in some cases. And uh, and the folks who want to get out of Paris are, are making the argument that even a, a very small risk is, is untenable at this point. So, Jennifer, given the sort of arguments here and the fact that you have a White House that, you know, has gotten some kind of reputation for being a place that leaks a lot, um, is this really a, is this a serious legal concern on their part, do you think? Or is this really something that is being used as just a way to get momentum for getting the president to pull out of the Paris Accords? You know, it's a good question, and it's it's hard to say. I, what I can tell you is that you know these these legal discussions have absolutely dominated the last two White House meetings on this issue. Uh, one of legal staff uh, assembled from across the administration, and, and another of principals, uh, cabinet level uh, officials, and White House uh, uh, senior advisors. Uh, they, they focused heavily on these legal discussions, the discussion of domestic legal risk. It's been elevated by the White House Counsel's Office, uh, and they also discussed uh, even how how much authority the U.S. has to revise downward its commitment. Uh, the commitment it made uh, in Paris was to cut emissions by 26 percent. And uh, there's question about how much latitude under the agreement they really have to do that. And we only have about 30 seconds, but maybe tell us quickly, uh, what are you hearing from environmental groups? Are they looking at this as some great new potential tool that they would have to, to prevent domestic changes? Yeah, they're, so far they are downplaying their ability to use it. I think it's important to note that that's in their interest uh, as they try to push the administration to stay in Paris. But right now, uh, they're saying it's not quite the tool that uh, some of these uh, Paris critics think it is. I want to thank our guest, Jennifer Deloey, uh, Bloomberg News uh, Energy and Environmental Policy reporter, for joining us here on Bloomberg Law. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.